It has long been presumed by many that the one effective treatment for alcoholism is abstinence. But as we've heard recently on this program, some new research is suggesting there may be a role in some cases for measured amounts of continued alcohol consumption. We heard recently about a peer-reviewed study by UVic researchers that looked at managed alcohol programs and found long-term homeless alcoholics can do better when they are provided regular measured amounts of alcohol. Now in a similar vein, a Vancouver startup company and a Victoria doctor are working together to bring a Finnish treatment that allows alcoholics to still consume some alcohol, but control it with a combination of drug therapy and counseling. Dr. Diane Rothon is the doctor, and she's on the phone with us this morning to tell us more about it. Dr. Rothon, good morning. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Good morning. Now, there are a number of elements to this. I wonder if we can start uh, with one of the elements, this drug naltrexone. What, What is naltrexone, and how might it help alcoholics? So this is not a new medication, but it's applied in a new way. Uh, Naltrexone is a medication that is not a narcotic, non-addictive, that effectively blocks the alcohol receptors, known as opioid receptors, in the brain. So when the patient consumes alcohol, those receptors are already taken up, and the pleasure or the reward of drinking is extinguished. Um, Basically, you can still drink, but you don't get any of the reinforcing properties that are derived from alcohol over time and coupled with a structured program of cognitive behavioral retraining. Um, uh, the patient simply learns how to drink differently the, by, by extinguishing the, the, the compulsion and the reward aspects of drinking. So it, what, it reduces the cravings for alcohol or takes them away completely or, 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 or how does it work? You know, it does. I'd say that's one of the most striking aspects and, and the, one of the aspects of naltrexone that engages um, the quickest. Patients first report that they simply don't get the same buzz, the same drunken feeling. And let me, let me be clear, they are still impaired cognitively. They still cannot drive, mm-hmm. should not operate machinery, make decisions, sign contract. In fact, they may not be able to walk if they drink too much. But the reality is they will first say that, you know, I'm just not feeling the same reward or, or buzz that I get. And then the next morning, they'll often say, well, you know, whereas I would have continued my binge, I drank several drinks last night, this morning I would have woken up craving, seeking alcohol, looking all over the house for any ounce I could find. They're indifferent to it. They say, you know, I just didn't feel like drinking the next day. It didn't, didn't happen. For the first time, I, I stopped. And it's quite dramatic. Okay, so that that is uh, the, the one half of this, and maybe there's more, but the, one of the main uh, ingredients, as it were, naltrexone, that drug. And then the other, the other part of it, or one of the big part of it, is CBT, or cognitive behavioral therapy. How does that help, and how is it essential to this uh, treatment? It is essential. Thank you for, uh, for knowing that. What we are offering is a structured program of coordinated care. So the addiction physician works hand-in-glove with the therapist and the patient to, in a sense, relearn. It takes alcoholics years to learn uh, their drinking patterns and the whole social uh, environment and lifestyle environment that comes with it. And there's no magic pill that's going to suddenly change that overnight. So over a period of um, several therapy sessions, physician sessions, four to six months, the patient gradually relearns how to drink moderately, all the while having no alcohol intake without the medication so that the behavior is never rewarded at a neurochemical level. So that plus the CBT reframing or restructuring um, leads to a highly successful uh, program of moderate drinking for many people. 
there's no not, no size fits all, least of all in addiction treatment. And just like AA is a fantastic program and abstinence is a terrific idea and life-saving for many people, it doesn't address everyone. And, uh, and so this is another modality that reaches a, a larger number of the, a larger proportion of the alcoholic population. Now, it's, it, it's been used in Finland for a few decades. What, what would you say and what do you know about the overall results in Finland? The results in Finland were striking. Uh, in a uh, controlled study, people successfully reduced alcohol intake uh, to an acceptable level, and a level that is a lower risk consumption. Some were abstinent, but the majority reduced to a, a lower risk consumption level um, in 78% of cases. Okay, and that's over quite a few years with, with quite a good sample size, I take yeah, it. Yes, 6,000 patients were treated over a period of 20 years in Finland. So what makes a good fit in, in terms of a person, someone who's alcoholic but, but might benefit from this rather than total abstinence, for, for instance? Well, it, you know, it's hard to predict, and people really are encouraged to call us, and we are booking appointments now, and that's the first, uh, that is the first um, free consultation is we assess their fit. The number to call is 604 366 Three two three two, and we invite people to come for a free consultation because it would be very difficult for me to answer your question. There are no two people alike. All patients vary. We tailor our program uh, to individuals, and we we will tell people in their first consultation whether we believe the fit is good. I will say that there are very few people who do not fit um, the, this program. Uh, Someone who's abstinent, who's a recovering alcoholic and is abstinent, obviously would not fit because um, the medication only works if it's taken concurrent with alcohol intake. So that's an example of someone who would not be helped by this program. Um, other than that, uh, the, there are very few individuals who would not be helped or who at least would not be um, uh, suitable for this program. In, in Finland, I mean, were people uh, typically uh, trying this treatment because uh, abstinence had failed for them or they were not able to, to, to continue? They, they, uh, whatever the reason, they hadn't had success with that abstinence? I didn't hear the last part of you. Whatever the reason what they hadn't I, had success with abstinence? That's right, yeah. That's right. Well, there were a variety. There, some people... The reality is most alcoholics have tried abstinence. Some have succeeded. Some have succeeded for a p- period of time. Some have failed. And actually, I think the majority probably fail. The patients in Finland were a mosaic of individuals. Some had um, tried abstinence and been unable to uh, succeed at it. And some simply never wanted to try abstinence and succeeded at this program. I wonder, finally, Dr. Rothan, how how uh, important uh, buy-in, if I can use that term, is in this. I mean, I, I presume that for this to work, and I'm not saying that if it doesn't work for some people, that doesn't mean that they weren't trying, but I mean, presumably for this to work uh, for someone with alcoholism, they, they have to be committed uh, to it rather than it be imposed on them. Would that be right? That's a great question. Uh, certainly motivation makes a difference, and motivation enhances success. But there are lots of folks who actually don't want to quit drinking or curb their drinking and are doing it because um, they're going to lose their marriage, they're going to lose their job, mm-hmm. they're going to lose their children. And so that's a form of, if you wish, coerced treatment. Sure. And they still succeed very well, uh, in a sense, I don't want to say despite themselves, but, um, but motivation, wherever it comes from, is important. And yet, I've seen, uh, because I've worked a lot in a prison environment over the years and, I, and in the drug treatment courts, and I've seen uh, abstinence or, or reduction come from people who really had 
had no desire to quit or reduce, but had other motivators such as the threat of prison time, the threat of license removal, the, the, that sort of thing. So again, I, it, 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 people surprise you, and I'm almost never right. Those who I think will be stars fail, and those who I think haven't a hope are are the, the perfect uh, outcomes. And so I've learned never to predict. Dr. Rothan, thank you for joining us. It's, uh, it's good to talk to you, good to hear about this from you this morning. I appreciate you coming on the program. May I say in parting, the name of the company is Alavida, because I don't want people to wonder what, uh, how to find us. Alavida.co is the website. And again, the phone number 366-3232. We really do want to reach out to people. So um, please, um, if you think this may be right for you, give us a call. Dr. Diane Rothon is a Victoria addiction specialist working with Alavida Health uh, on a uh, new Finnish treatment for alcoholism.